Welcome to the Undoku Hustle Show, a podcast designed to help people get started with entrepreneurship through the story of Undoku entrepreneurs and their process of starting up. With hosts Alejandro Flores Muñoz and Victor Galvan. Hello, Undocu Hustlers. Welcome to the Undocu Hustle Show. I'm your host, Senator Flores, and today we have Victor, who is going to share with us his passion for entrepreneurship, the steps he has taken to start up, and some tips and tricks here that he's utilized um, over the past. And I think one important thing he's going to share is failure, like failure in business, and what that means to him. Yeah, muy bien, muy bien. Um, thanks for having me. Uh, to be honest, um, you know, my my story starts when, you know, when I was just a little kid. Uh, I grew up here in, in Denver, Colorado, and um, grew up with a single mother, um, uh, an older brother and a, a younger brother. And my mom was really the rock of, of, um, of, of my life. Mm. You know, she, she was really the anchor um, as it came to be in like my education and my my grind for like a better tomorrow you right. know and i think you have a similar story too no i think we relate in that way that our moms were really significant parts of our entrepreneurship our spirit of like moving forward and like um, um becoming the men that we are today claro no yes I, absolutely and that's beautiful i think that when you're rooted in um those values when you think back um you know when i often talk about in in some speeches or, or presentations that i give I look back as to what built us, right? And it's like often that it's our parents, our parents. Often our stories are like our parents, our parents, our parents. And um, I talk about entrepreneurship and I relate it to our parents and saying how if they were able to do their hustles and they were able to move forward, but they didn't have the things that we have ourselves, right? One important thing is that we have a protected status. That's huge. Our parents didn't have that. And we have the language. There are so many other barriers that they've broken for us um, that have allowed us to uh, enter into this entrepreneurship role that wasn't built for us. Um, I think you highlighted something very important um, and it's that our parents do this hustle and do their work and, and end up making income. Um, and oftentimes, like you said, it's for paying the rent but not really building wealth, mm -hmm. right? Like, it's like, what can, what can I do this month to be able to pay rent, to be able to have money for my kids and it's really maybe some savings here and there but not in a way where it's going to create generational wealth that's going to be able to be passed down to her grandchildren to to you to like i don't see that happening with our parents and i think we're at a time right now ourselves that we can start strategically um creating paths for not only ourselves but our future generations to really be able to create wealth, right? And I think that also um, is rooted in policy. You know, what policy out there can be made that is gonna um, unapologetically, ¿cómo se dice? Unapologetically. Unapologetically, that word, I have very, uh, lots of trouble with that word all the time. Like, 
create opportunities for people like us, right? Um, so uh, the next question I want to you know talk to you about is what what was out there that allowed you to take this route? I know your mom gave you the strength, but then there had to be you know real tangible things out there that allowed you to to get into this to this grind and and take this as an opportunity and an option absolutely i mean for me you know like the 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 catalyst you know to me was seeing the diversity of what 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 we were able to venture into like um in terms of what you could sell how you could find it and and how to turn right a a a nickel into a dime a dime into mm -hmm. a dollar um and seeing those opportunities um, in school regularly, I would I would sell candy to to my peers, you know, straight out of my backpack. Yeah. You know, and that became a side hustle when I was uh, was young. That was my main hustle when I was young. Yeah. Um, and in fact, that grew. Um, I didn't live far from uh, the 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 Bronco I, I sold I sold CDs. I burned CDs. I would give ask people to like write me their list of songs. And then I would burn the CDs and go sell them. The mixtapes. The yeah. mixtapes. I've yeah. seen that too. I've seen that too. So you know that grind is always about being being, you know, imaginative with your mm -hmm. resources and then making the best out of your situation. You know, and again, like I can't stress enough, it just goes back to my mom. You know, um, I like to tell this story um, because you know it's rooted in how fierce our people mm -hmm. are um, and how how imaginative. Um, they are with their resources. Um, when I was about, you know, four, five years old, uh, I remember my mom and us, you know, being being on the streets. And um, this was, you know, um, after my my dad had kicked us out pretty much of his life. Mm -hmm. um, my mom was alone with me and my older brother, and and at this point in her life, you know, she she had gotten the the strength to tell him no, to like fight back. You know, um, we came from a, an abusive, you know, household, yeah. but that didn't tear her down. In fact, she found strength in like having walked away from that and then depended on herself. So with the little money that she had in her pocket, she was resourceful. She went straight to the store mm -hmm. and, um, and got materials for burritos, right? She got, she, she got what she knew, right? Right. And, and she thought, I'm going to go sell burritos to the people coming to and from Mexico. Mm -hmm. So literally, I still term, to, to this day, um, every time we pass this bus stop, I remember it so viscerally in my heart. Mm. Uh, is it the one on Broadway? Um, it is the one on Broadway. Like Broadway. Yes, I know Turismo's exactly Rapidos. what you're talking about. So, every time I see hustle like that, like whether there's people selling, you know, paletas on the side, elotes, those kinds of things, I look at that and I'm like, that's the real hustle. Like right there, if that person had all the right tools, oh yeah, all the right tools, marketing, language if they had the licensing if they had all the right tools they already had the, have the grit they already have the drive they already have all that can you imagine the come the, up would be the come up the, how can they scale up they would be too real right your mom would be like the hustler of burritos right now right oh God, I, the the burrito la lady llc <laughs> burrito lady llc that's real that's real and and so many people have already done it right like um they've been able to take the product that they know and they love and, and up and down, you know, my mom knows everything there is to know about burritos. Mm -hmm. Breakfast burritos, dinner burritos, whatever. She knows how to make them. 
and knows how to sling them. Yeah. Right? If she falls on bad time, she can always fall back on those skills. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's what's beautiful about entrepreneurship is whenever there is a hard time, you pick yourself up. Um, I remember hearing this this um, commercial um, out of Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, it popped up on my on my I don't know if it was my YouTube channel or if it was just on my um, Pandora stream. Yeah. But it was a Mexican commercial from the Mexican government, and it was it was sponsored by like a, a, a gelatina, like a, a mm -hmm. Jello. Hey. And they were saying like, oh, flan, it's delicious, this mm -hmm. and that. And at the end of it, it. It had this this mom like asking if they the the neighbor wanted to buy some flan and and it says you know whatever you can do to make an extra dollar go out and do it right? obviously in Spanish but it was like an announcement from the Mexican you government to like to just grind. Let me tell you something, Victor. My my mom's side hustle, te lo juro, was selling flanes door to door, mm -hmm. selling flan door to door. <laughs> Um, and she and I have an uncle to this day that does cheesecakes and flan and sells it door to door in Santana, California. He's um, he's all his life since I since I came to this country, you know, in 1997. He was already hustling and doing that. Um, and he he's the one who taught my mom how to make flans and how to make cheesecakes. And then she picked up that side hustle and um, did did all that the the flan. So that's that's amazing. The 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 hustle is real. The hustle is for sure real. All right, Victor, so I, I'm always a big advocate and I'm always talking about barriers, barriers that exist out there. Um, and oftentimes these barriers are only seen by people like us, people who um, you know, don't have the proper documents, who don't speak the language, that other folks who simply being who they are, they don't see these barriers. And therefore policy is not changed, policy is not created, policy is not tailored to our needs in our community to really allow them to build wealth. So um, I'd like to know what you think are some barriers that you have seen firsthand that necessarily don't impact you because we in a way are privileged um, because we speak the language, because we're in inner circles. Like what have been some barriers that you thought were barriers and the moment that you see that you really truly come up, up uh, in front of them, you're like, what? This is not a barrier. I mean, I want, like, you know, I'm hoping I'm talking to, like, a lot of undocumented people here. You know, you're, you're, you're in DocuHustle and, like, all of that, you know, to me, I'm hoping that we're, we're reaching out to the people who, who don't have status, you know, regardless of whether they have DACA or not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to me, my, my real journey into entrepreneurship started when I realized that the barriers in front of me were non-existent. Mm -hmm. Did that just turn off again? Yeah, it did. It's okay. We have it on. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, my entrepreneurship journey started when I realized that the barriers in front of me were non-existent. Mm -hmm. They they were completely created out of my imagination, my thought of what 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 access I had, right? Because of my my status. I think you said something really important that I want to highlight. I don't think it was based on your imagination. They, I think it was strategically made that way so that we cannot get ahead. Yeah, a little bit lives in our mind, but I think those structures were built on purpose. You're absolutely right. And and I was told from a very young age that I didn't belong, right? Mm -hmm. um, a, a barrier, right? That I was a criminal, that, that um, that I shouldn't be proud of who I was simply that, by living in, under the shadows. Absolutely, that right, absolutely that right there is a is a barrier, right? But 
in organizing, in my work uh, as, a, as, a, as a community organizer, I learn very, very quickly in, in my, in my um, 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 volunteering work and my, my capacity building around organizing and actually creating change, um, that that access to power was so small. It was me stepping into the Capitol, right, and, and asking for my representative and talking to them. They were literally in their office one day, mm -hmm. and we talked to them. Um, and um, that, at that time, it was um, Jerry Farangas, I still remember, from, from, from high school. And I remember talking to him and just thinking, like, I thought this guy was somewhere in an ivory yeah, tower. Not attainable. Like, unaccessible. Mm -hmm. Not accessible, right. And, you know, go, going, in, going in with that mentality, like, barriers literally in my mind started melting. And I thought, if I get enough people in front of this guy and, and show him... Right, that we need um, tuition equity so that mm -hmm. we can get higher education. People like me, um, we can absolutely change his heart, and we could do that in every district. And the plan formed, right? Like, and, and it wasn't something that I came up by myself. Like, I had people leading me and guiding me, organizers who knew um, how government functioned, um, people, strategists, political strategists mm -hmm. that knew what it took, <clears throat> changing narrative, what message, right? Exactly, and. And although that fight was not easy, right, although it was long, it was absolutely attainable, mm -hmm. right? This, this country, this, this, this um, state passes laws every day. And I thought, you know, at one point, all they had was the problem. Yeah. And they turned that into the solution. So to me, you know, that step into our entrepreneurship, like the problem is I only have a dollar today. And the solution is, I want to have a million tomorrow, yeah. right? And it's like, what are the steps that I need to take to get there? So, you know, if it means opening up an LLC, like, what are the requirements for the LLC? Going to, to whatever, abs whatever is around I, me, right? I wanna... like, you, you, go, you can go to the Secretary of State. You can go to uh, a, a business incubator. Mm -hmm. There's so many business incubators. How do you find those things, though, right? Because... You know, just a few days ago, I had um, someone, you know, message me and, and talk about like they're trying to build an agency themselves. And I told them, give me a call. Let's talk about it. Um, and when we were talking, you know, I heard the passion, the same passion that I'm hearing here with you. I hear it often in the voices of undocumented people who are trying to make a living and not only a living, but build wealth. And this person, you know, was telling me all his ideas and I thought they were fantastic. And I was so proud to know that there was a brown person of color, um, undocumented, who was trying to get into the marketing um, agency world. Oh, yeah. Because um, we know how much organizations and businesses spend on those. Yes. On those right. And right? we need representation and marketing, you know. Um, so I was really excited. And at the end of the conversation, I asked him, what is stopping you from, like, actually doing this right now. And he said that he didn't have the money to start an LLC, mm. right? And whoa, like that was like, what? You don't have the money to start an LLC, but I think that was a barrier right there that exists, existed in his mind. So let's, let's talk about what it takes to start an LLC because uh, I think that's, that's important, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do I even start my business, right? Um, all right, so here in Colorado, right, you go to the Secretary of State. Website. You, you conjure up a name, mm -hmm. right? Um, First, you have to see if it's available. Right. Okay. So, undocumented marketing LLC. Mm -hmm. um, it's whatever, taken. Yeah, it's, it's taken. 
Um, a plus, I'm documented. <laughs> like, I've seen plenty of companies that do that. Just add a and plus. And you know why A is they do A? Yeah. Because back in the day, the, the yellow pages were coming to everybody's homes. Ah. And they wanted to find... The, they wanted to be the first people in the yellow pages. So, you know, triple A. Like, you know, you look at a lot of businesses, they start with the letter A for that. Um, so, wow. <laughs> anyway, so let's keep going. So you, you think about the name, and now you have your name. It is available in the Secretary of State's website. All right, UndocuMarketing. Undocu mm -hmm. Got it? UndocuMarketing Limited. Cool. What do we do next? All right, so we registered with the Secretary of State, right? How much does that cost us? We did this the other day. Yeah, we did this the other day. It's fifty dollars, I think. I think so. Yeah, because I, I paid twenty-five and you paid twenty-five. That's right. So fifty bucks, right? You are a legal entity in the state of Colorado. Mm -hmm. They give you a certificate right then and there. You as get well. standing. Good standing. It, it lasts a year, so you got to do something with it for a year. If you go with it beyond a year and you haven't found success in your business, find another business. Did they require anything though? What, what was it required when you were registering the name? So you got the name, what else did they ask of you? They asked my full legal name, mm -hmm. they asked for my address, and they asked that my card went through. And that was about it. Yeah. And then it. also the structure of your partnership or your LLC? Yeah, so they did ask whether or not the business was a sole proprietorship, um, LLC, uh, multi-member, um, so you do have to do some homework there, and to be honest, like for most individuals starting a company, it's not a bad idea to just start off as an LLC, and you can amend that later, you know. Um, like seeing Medwenza, right? Totally. We're taking a chance. Failure is an option. It is. <laughs> cool. All right. So let's let's take this conversation into, um, you know, Victor has had uh, multiple, you know, thoughts of entrepreneurship, and some have actually went from idea to concept, to actually, you know, making money off of it, right? Um, but those uh, businesses are not um, right now, um, you know, moving forward. So, you know, one of the things I remember looking back for Unum sunglasses when I, when I had my shop, and I still kind of do, but it's on hiatus right now. But I remember when I was younger, like, wanting to just say, like, this is not good for me. Like, I don't like this anymore. It's not working. It's not making me money. And the reason why I didn't give it up was because I was afraid of what other people would think. They would have thought like, ah, Alejandro didn't make it. Like, he didn't make it. And that's what kept me in the game. And surprisingly, I'm thankful that I had that mentality because I learned in the five years that I had Unum Sunglasses, I learned marketing, SEO, import, export. I learned taxes. I learned how to open up an LLC. Accounting. Accounting. Mm. I learned so many things in those five years and me just trying to keep it at flow so that other people wouldn't think that I was a failure. Oof. Right? Um, how, many, how many times would we not have eaten if our parents were embarrassed to make bread? Oof. No, I know. Exactly, times? exactly. If so, my mom didn't get on the, on, on, uh, at the bus stop and was embarrassed to sell burritos mm. to people, yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's a real thing. I remember, I mean, when I used to be embarrassed going door to door with my mom selling cheesecakes at the time. Looking back now, I'm like, that's what made me a great cancer. You know, I've told my mom that. It's like, oh man, I'm embarrassed. I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. It's like, why are you embarrassed? Yeah. You're working. Yeah. You're doing honest work. You're, You're not out there stealing. Yeah. And I think it was embarrassing because it wasn't done like the proper way or the way that everybody was doing it. But um, that's you know I want to I want to I want to table that conversation for sure because I think it's real. But I want to get into the the, the the aspect of failure. Um, 
because like I've said, I felt like I was failing and if I gave up my, my, my business. Right now that your um, you know, candy shop, you know, because at one point you wanted to be the Wally Wonka of, the Mexican Wally Wonka. Um, este, and you know, you, you had this awesome um, e-commerce shop and now it's not running. Do you see that as a failure because your business is not moving forward? You know, yes, absolutely. But um, apart from that, I think the most valuable part I got from it is lessons, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I failed, but I learned so much from doing that. Um, you know, just in putting up the website to make subscription boxes for Mexican candy, right, to me was, was such a learning curve, right? Yeah. Finding the software, hiring the right people to make my website, um, learning how to do it and process it. Like, I didn't know how to get something in real life, um, mail it to someone, um, and all the steps in between, getting the postage, making sure that, that you know, the package was right and, like, actually that laid it, out. That it wouldn't, like, give, bring your candy todo beat up. Oh, yeah. yeah all that you, stuff, right? Like, make sure that it's packed well. I learned so much from doing that and just the... Just the, 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 the process the process alone. The process. I got so much value out of that um, that I absolutely, although it was a failure, there's like a lot of good lessons learned. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I think if I started up today, I would be on a better leg. Um, to restart that absolutely. same business, right? And it would take half the time. Mm -hmm. If that, it would take half the time. So yes, like, and you know that I, I didn't, in my e-commerce business, so I made a general e-commerce business, mm -hmm. it's still up and running. Um, so like, not a failure at all, um, just really good lessons, but now I'm shifting the product and also uh, my audience, mm -hmm. right? So I started off with t-shirts and now I'm going, I, I went into candy and now, you know, I'm actually finding products that people want and it's, it's you know, putting them up on Shopify and then connecting them to the right, you know, the right Instagram. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what are the actual platforms you used yeah. to that get you off the ground. So you just mentioned Shopify. This is not sponsored yet. <laughs> yeah, Shopify, if you're listening. Yeah, they will be listening. You got two undocumented <laughs> folks talking about their platform. and Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship, right? right? So, like, definitely. Um, shameless plug. But, um, so you use Shopify. And what is what is Shopify? So Shopify is a web platform that facilitates, like really facilitates, like selling products online. Mm -hmm. um, so that could be that could be one of two things. Well, at least the the things that I have learned. Yeah. One of two things: either you pick a product that someone is already selling out there, mm -hmm. and you are just making a website that is a middleman to get that product. Yeah. Right. You. You have that available on your website. You do that with your T-shirts. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So I, I had a, a, a T-shirt company that was um, essentially I was making the the designs, and then people who liked those designs were ordering the T-shirt. That order, although it came in through my website, would go to another um, T-shirt manufacturer who would make it. They would make it and mail it out to the person who ordered the T-shirt. That's called drop shipping. So that is is drop shipping, but it's also um, um, print by or, or print by or, what is it order print? What is the name of that? It was uh, Printful. You were using Printful. Printful. Yep. So the company is called Printful, and they basically um, just 
print your designs. Oh, it's print on demand, POD. Oh yeah, print. Print on demand. So when you have something like that, that is the, that someone wants, right? But I don't have the capital, mm-hmm. right? To be buying hundreds of t-shirts in hopes that somebody's gonna buy it. Um, because there absolutely are yeah, bad ideas, there are right? some bad ones. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when you invest in a lot of bad ideas, that's money down the drain. Oh, yeah. So with, and with, then you're stuck with, you know, 50 extra small shirts that... That I can't even use. <laughs> <You> can't even. <laughs> so absolutely, like, I, I um, print-on-demand was one of the best things for mm-hmm. me because I didn't have to put a lot of upfront capital. In fact, I think to start off, I did about... $200 total for like designing the website, getting the the, the, the systems up and running. The logo, How did, who, who did the logo for you? So uh, I'm not a designer. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people know this, like yeah. my handwriting's bad, I can't draw a straight line. But um, there are people who love to do this thing, love to do these things and charge for it mm-hmm. on a, a website called Fiverr. Fiverr. It's, it's, uh, essentially, we have been sponsored by Fiverr in the past, so. That's, that's good. <laughs> so Fiverr, um, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, has a huge platform of essentially virtual assistants that have a niche product mm-hmm. or a service, right? And for me, I just needed a t-shirt logo. So they're literally anywhere from $5 to $500 people who would essentially um, create a logo for me. So obviously quality is, quantity is quality, right? So you get a $5 logo, you're going to get a $5 logo. Right, but if unless you, you give them really good instructions, I, I've 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 used Fiverr often all the time, basically as well, and I've come to understand that if you give them really really good clear instructions, even those five dollar ones will come out to be looking really good. Yeah. So just like do your research as to like you know exactly what color do you want, what kind of shape do you want, what like almost even give them samples of what you're looking for, and it'll come out like a good product. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with good instructions and guidance, right, these people will take what you um, are already imagining and turn it into something real. Some of them produce something as soon as 24 hours. Some of them only take three days, five days, um, and really, like, it's quality work, right? So I was able to turn around about five different t-shirts, I'd say, in the first week. Um, And I I told you, under 200 bucks. That was the fees for Shopify. That was the fees for taking the the payments. Um, that was the fees. I found a website designer on Shopify, mm-hmm. or not on Shopify, on Fiverr, and and um, um, I was up and running. So I we got we a, got two, two two steps so far. You uh, started a Shopify account. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, you got your licensing stuff. You got your LLC. You build your EIN. You got your permits, and then you build your website. You don't even have to start do all that process first if you want to just mess around first with building the the website thinking about your product researching all that you can get started there first as well see if it works see if it works right um so it's awesome they give you a 14-day free trial um so you got shopify then you went to fiverr you created your designs um and then so now you have a website the first order comes in like what do you do next <laughs> so this is where it got tricky for me right figuring out the mail um, um, once I got an order, I'd get an email right away saying that, you know, this person from Denver wants a t-shirt mm-hmm. and, you know, sure enough, it's my inner circles that are buying t-shirts first. Um, cause of course I put it on, on, on my Facebook, media, my Instagram. Yeah. And, um, so, um, somebody wants a t-shirt. All right. Um, I send it over to the, 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 the print on demand, right? So it was just a, a button click confirming that we got that yeah. order. 
um, it sends an email to the, the person who bought the T-shirt, the letting them know that it's going to be there in so many days. And this is from the print-on-demand. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, within the week, um, I had to make the purchase of the T-shirt um, as the middleman, mm -hmm. right? Um, I had to pay up front for the T-shirt. Which you only pay about $8 for a T-shirt, you yeah. know, $8 to $10. And then you resell the T-shirt for 25 $25. So you're making, you know, math. Math. So, you know, um, the print-on-demand does the shipping as well. So that comes in with the cost of the T-shirt. Um, they already have it. And there it was. It was simple as that. Once, once the T-shirt was delivered, um, we both got an email, both the customer and myself, and there it was. Literally seven bucks in my account that I didn't have before. That's awesome. So, um, um, you know, for the candy business, it was a little bit more difficult because... I took that job from the print-on-demand company mm -hmm. to myself, yeah. so I was actually packaging these. So you learned from like, okay, you learned the whole t-shirt business, You most importantly, you learned the process on how to get it, and then you thought about a more clever, better idea, right? And then you took that and you moved on to candy. Because it, I would have made more money. Right. So like with the t-shirt business, they were actually making hand over fist, it cost them, you know, maybe $3 to make a t-shirt, if they're charging me you know, um, $13, $14 for that t-shirt, you know, they're making, mm -hmm. you know, far more money than I am. Yeah. And then I'm left. And you're doing all the work on that, trying to actually sell the t-shirt. Exactly. All the marketing. Spending on your marketing money. So I was stuff. like, I want most of that marketing mm -hmm. money or I want most of the, the your effort in marketing to go back to you. Exactly. More, more of it. Yeah. Exactly. So then the, those dulces came about, but that also meant I had to take on the bulk of the work of like preparing the boxes, putting, but you already knew a lot of the stuff. From the t-shirt stuff that you just yeah. now have to apply and you yeah you i mean you you showed me like how to print the 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 the, the mail the the postage mm -hmm. um you know using a, a uniform box and uh, that was through my failure of yeah. uh, sunglasses yeah. learned all that which definitely wasn't a failure but we we're gonna call this the failure business because i think people are afraid of the failure part but we're talking about failure as like what we turned our failure into Valuable lessons. Valuable lessons. So, so now you you also learned how to you know ship stuff, um, uh, start start a business, flip from one business and create another one, create opportunity, create opportunity. Um, so you're definitely learning from from your failures. What would be one thing you can share here um, as we wrap up our conversation about failure in business um, that people should take when thinking about starting up? Um, so I just recently picked up a, a book. Um, and I think it'd be valuable for you to read um, the sub the subtle art of not giving up. You know, um, it it to me that book. You know, I just started reading it, and like even the 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 back flap, um, the 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 description mm -hmm. of the book. You know, talks about like really putting yourself in the position where like judgment comes on before it even like you create judgment that isn't even there. Mm. And even if it is there, or if people do judge you, it's like that is not going to help you make more money. It's not going to help you get the bills paid and it's not going to help you grow. Mm -hmm. So like, why even And it can also to it? hold you back. Absolutely. Right, because you're like, ¿Qué va a decir la gente? What are people going to say? What are people going to think? Are people going to buy this? Are people, like, that? So you have to not, not give a shit about it, you know? Yeah. Just be like, I'm going to do it. The thing is, like, at the end of the day, the most expensive things is doubt and indecision, right? You live with the regret of not taking the opportunity right mm -hmm. now. You know, 
You, I bet do, you've do you told remember? yourself. I bet you've told yourself, God, I wish I started this button business or this this sunglass. I business. wish I would have invested in Uber. Oh my God! <laughs> and we had opportunities, didn't we? Yeah. We had opportunities. So, so um, you live with that regret. Like those are the most expensive lessons you'll ever learn. Do you remember? Like, why did I doubt myself? Do you remember? Um, you know, everybody knows what what ROI stands for, right? Return on investment. Do you remember um, Lady D talking about COI? Cost of in... Cost in of action. inaction. Yes. Right? I think that right there is also, you know, embedded in that book or in that thought of like not, giving, not caring what other people think because the cost of inaction is so much greater um, than, you know, than you think because if you're not acting in your thought because you're afraid of what other people are going to think about it or you're afraid of failure, then, you know, you're... You'll never even get to return on investment. You'll never get there. You'll never get yeah. onto... Like, you didn't even try to turn that dollar mm -hmm. into... You just went and spent that, that dollar on hot Cheetos yeah. and here we are. Cost of inaction, COI. <laughs> so, well, thank you, Victor for um, some valuable information, more importantly, sharing your journey as to how you've done it, the steps that you've taken, whether they've been inspirational, whether they've been actual things that you've gone through the state. You know, there are steps that you have taken, there are things that you have seen and things that you've learned that have gotten you where you're at right now. I am confident and I know that you're gonna go very, very great places, not only because we're both business partners, but because you just have that entrepreneurship spirit in you. Um, you've, you've talked about how, you know, from a little kid, not even thinking about entrepreneurship, you were doing the thing. So can you imagine the stuff that you are able gonna, you're gonna be able to do if you know, right policies in, uh, uh, in our side, if the market is on our side, if our ideas are able to move forward, if banks start loaning to us, if, you know, licenses start being handed to us without fees. Can you imagine the things that we can do? So thank you so much, Victor, for sharing. And I encourage and welcome everyone to reach out to us if you have any questions. Victor, where can people find you if you feel comfortable sharing that? I, um, people can find me at uh, Instagram at Senator Flores. Um, I DM me, I'm very quickly at that. Um, and then also uh, you can email me at alejandro at stokespoke.com. Yeah. So can I do some, some closing remarks? Sure. Um, first off, you know, we, we are going into business together and to me it's one of the most exciting things that, that I think I've, I've done in terms of, of, of my entrepreneurship is present you with a, a, a passionate you know, idea that I think we both mm. are passionate yeah. about. Very quickly. Um, so, you know, I think when two entrepreneurs see see the the potential in an idea and are willing to work towards mm -hmm. that idea, to me that that is like, that is money in the bank. Um, I want to come on to your show a year from now. A year mm. from now. Okay, um, I'm going to make a, a commitment to both of us that in, in that time, we will have built an income through this new business. Mm -hmm. um, um, this new business um, that not only not only um, doubles my income but doubles yours too um, in that year. Um, it's good, it's not going to be easy. No, no. That is that is hard to double income. Um, but I, I think I think that challenge right there of like us going through the process for an entire year. If we just go through the process, the outcome, regardless if we double our income or not, will be way better off than where we're at right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I wanna, I wanna make that commitment. Other than that, you know, I, I wanna just, in my final thoughts, you know, 
in action will be the most costly thing that you will ever do. Um, you know, I wish that I w would have invested in Bitcoin, you know, when I saw that it was pennies on the dollar. I wish that I would have jumped on to, you know, a, a, a friend's, you know, investment opportunity when, when they first asked, you know, or come up with the money somehow. I wish I would have reached out to the right person sooner. And to me, it's about making that conscious decision to, to commit yourself to, to even looking dumb, to having failed and saying and putting it past you. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, those lessons are so much more valuable than the money that you put in. You know, that is not money burnt. That is money well spent. And um, if, if it costs me five, if it costs me a thousand dollars, you know, I don't care. At the end of the day, I'm a better person for it. And, you know, at the end of the day, who gives a fuck, right? <laughs> yes. So um, I think I want to leave with that. You know, we're, we've done harder things. Um, we've made harder decisions. And I, I go back to my mom. You know, she made the most, the hardest decision of our life. And I'd say the most, the hardest decision in my life to come to this country with two children, you know, without family and hope that at the under, other end of this border, there was opportunity mm. and made something of it. You know, I can stand proudly in front of my mom and thank her for that huge opportunity that she gave us to come to this country, sin papeles y con papeles, like here we are, and look at where we're doing. Mm. You know, we're changing the world. And, you know, I look back, we've been able to change laws with the work that we've done. We've been able to inspire and move mm. tons of people. And to me, there's no greater, there's no greater accomplishment than feeling proud about the work that you've done and the, the, the venture that you're going on to. So, you know, you've made harder decisions. Your family has made harder decisions in the past. Starting a business is easy. Yeah. <laughs> and we hope that people take some stuff, valuable information from us and, and definitely reach out. I'm, I want to make myself available um, to make sure that people reach out, leave a comment. Um, Victor, thank you so much for coming. To, you're going to be our, he's our first um, guest to the Undocu Hustle show. Um, I am hopeful that in a year, you know, we're definitely going to continue on this show. We're going to have lots. Du double income. Double Woo! income. Yes, <laughs> double income. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on. I am really excited for um, for you, what you know, the, the work that you do in the community, for entrepreneurship, um, and I'm just, you know, super, super excited for, for what's about to come. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me on.